That's a growler. Welcome to Beauty and the Beast, the minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast, one pumpkin pushing minute at a time. (laughs) This minute starts with Belle singing, always, and ends with Belle saying, that's all right. Happy Thursday. Thanks for joining us again. We're really excited to be back with you. Um, This is a great minute. It's all singing, all singing the song, Belle. Is that what the song is called? Because I've been wondering about that. Self-titled It's called Belle. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of the song. I mean, they're literally just gossiping about her the whole time. So it kind of makes sense because it's about her. Yeah. So as we're going through the town, we're seeing all these different signs and stuff. And uh, I never really noticed most of them, but they make sense. Uh, there are a lot of shops. You know, mm-hmm. like, like we said last time, I always thought this was like a little village. But this has to be like, I mean, I guess it's a town. I don't know. Town, village. I've never been sure of the difference. But it's it's a bigger it's a bigger uh town, I guess. It's got lots of shops, lots of people, there's lots of commodities, and you can see from what the people have, it's not like some broken down little hut village. Um right. one thing I didn't know because I'm not super good at French, but there's one shop that's called like a boulangerie. Boulangerie. Uh I don't know what that means. You didn't find out what it meant? I looked it up. Okay. I looked it up because I I noticed that too. And I was like, why are some of the signs mm-hmm. in French and some of the signs are in English? Because yes. bookseller is in English. Bookseller is in English. Boulangerie, well. or however you say that, is in French. And it's bakery. Ah. Uh-huh. That makes bakery sense. is what that means. Which makes sense because it's over the window where the baker goes yeah okay mystery solved one down <laughs> okay so my my next thing is when did they come to this town because she's singing you know this poor provincial town um good morning right. bell uh i don't know if that's it at this point but you know she says it's a poor provincial town um so again we're back to their socioeconomic status where did they come from where she considers this which to me looks like a booming economy um to be right. poor and provincial <laughs> they have lots of stuff there's a bookstore in my opinion, if you're calling a poor town back then, you, it doesn't have a bookstore. Bookstores don't seem like something that's on the list of, hey, we need a butcher and we need a, you know. Bookstore. A, a bookstore. <laughs> we need a butcher, a baker, and a bookstore. Yes. So, you know, where is <laughs> yeah. she coming from? I would have to agree. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but I, I did watch, um, oh, There are some guys, um, the Super Carlin Brothers. Have you watched any of their videos on YouTube? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so the Super Carlin Brothers are these two brothers who do videos, and mostly they are about Disney things, Disney um, topics. And one of them, they talked all about who was Belle's mother and where'd she come from and all this stuff. And... I think that something that they had talked about was there is a picture of Little Belle with her mother in, like, Disneyland or Disney World or something. And it shows her wearing, like, that rose-colored dress. And there's, like, roses in the picture. I'll have to find it and share it on the Facebook group. And you guys can let us know what you think 
um, about their theory about what happened to her mom. But I think their theory was, if I remember right, that she had been from a higher class and she had died. And when she died, something happened to the family money or something like that. And they had to move to this small town mm. as a result of it. I don't know. Okay, because I remember... Could be true, could not. I don't know. I read up some on the uh, the like the, the alternate versions, because there were like three versions of this movie that didn't end up happening. Um, I think this was the third one or something. So they had like one script that they had somebody write, and it was too dark, and then they had another one, and they didn't like that one. Disney didn't like that one for some reason. And so this is like the third one that came up. But in the other two, I think they incorporated more of the original Bell story, um, or Beating the Beast story. I think in the other ones, instead of an inventor, he's a merchant. Yeah, he and is. And so he's, you know, at a little bit of a higher class. So that makes sense. And then he had fallen upon hard times or something. Um, yeah. So, you know, they fell upon hard times. They moved out to this little town because that's what they could afford, I'm guessing. And she's right. lamenting. And they that, started working and stuff. Yeah. Well, she also had a bunch of siblings yes. in the original story. She had, like, at least two sisters and three brothers or wow. something like that. Yeah. So... Maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. That never comes up in this movie, but it doesn't look like she does in this version. Uh, that kind of explains a little bit more why she thinks everything's so horrible in this little town. Like, it's not horrible, but not... Except for that doesn't explain it in this context. Right, but... Because he's not a merchant who um, lost his ships at sea or whatever. But maybe he's like, <laughs> he was a, a great inventor and then he fell out of favor with somebody and... Hmm, possibly. Yeah. We could come up with something, I'm sure. Yeah. Use your imagination. Imagination. So the baker and the baker's voice. I mean, this is the first, I guess, the, the first, the second character that you hear besides Belle. Um, and his voice is awesome. I love his voice. <laughs> it's kind of everyday Joe kind of voice to me. Like, good morning, Belle. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that was a bad in, imitation of him, but. It's just like super gruff yeah. and deep. And, yeah. you know, he's like, he's a no-nonsense guy. He's working his bakery. He's, you know, doing he's like his... this big hearty man. Yeah. It's like hair on his arms. <laughs> like, like I, I get the feeling that he's, he's a really nice guy. You know, he, he says good morning to Belle. He's not mean to her, but he just doesn't have right. time for her. He's like, you know, hi, how's it going? Yeah, I'm busy. And he's like, the Marie, the baguettes, hurry up. And his little hand thing when he does that, that always stuck out to me. His little <laughs> like, hand gesture thing. It's awesome. Uh, so I really hey, like him. The baguettes. I love it. All right. I have a question that maybe you can answer. Maybe not. Okay. The book that she's returning is Jack and the Beanstalk. Was that actually right. around back then? Oh, I don't know. Because I, mm. I, I, it might have been. That's a great question. The time period, I think, is later than I had originally surmised. So I was like, they probably wouldn't have had that story back then. But some of these stories are really old. And so maybe she did. But it always stuck out to me as something that was like, mm. she's talking about a modern story in this movie that's supposed to be placed back in time. I wonder if I can look it up really quick. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, what what other notes do you have? We can we can look into that. Or are you looking into it now? It's from 1734. 1734. Okay. So I'm going to have to make notes of this because we know that she's at least past 1734, which is about what we were yeah. thinking. So it would have been like not that old of a book right. for her. Some it makes sense why she has to borrow it from the bookseller. Well, okay. That's a whole other story <laughs> that... We'll, I think, talk about that in the next okay. one. About the <laughs> <bookseller>. But 
<sighs> Let's see, what were some of my notes? Okay, I, first of all, I think that pig and that kid are hilarious. Like, I was watching it and I was like, why did they even put that in there? Like, just to create a chaotic town where, like, people are busy and doing their thing and they were like, um, it's not busy enough. Let's have this kid chasing a pig. And then as soon as he goes off screen, he turns around and the pig is chasing him. Like... I wonder if they just thought it was funny. Well, I, ha- I have a theory about that. <laughs> it's so random to me. I have a theory. Okay. So I was listening to the um, the Disney Animated Movie Essentials podcast where they're talking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And uh-huh. apparently um, during the scene where all the animals are in the dwarf's house, Disney was like, hey, we want to put in a bunch of gags here. So everybody come up with gags. <laughs> and if yours is good enough, we'll put it in. And I'll give you $5. And $5 back then. We'll pay you what? $5. Which was like seventy five dollars oh, okay. or something. I thought you said five hundred. I was no, like, no, no. what? It was like seventy five dollars back then. So you know that's a pretty nice thing right. for coming up with a funny idea. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the gags in that scene were just stuff that the animators came up with that they thought would be funny. That's something that they've kept doing. Like, hey, everybody come up with something funny, and we'll we'll sneak it in the movie somewhere. Because yeah, otherwise it's just like I never really noticed the pig and the kid before I watched this like this. You know, I noticed there being a pig because you hear it. But I didn't notice that, you know, he's chasing the pig and then the pig turns around and gets angry and chases him back and he's like screaming and running. (laughs) So it's pretty funny. I think it's so funny. That would make sense if it was just like somebody was like, hey, wouldn't this be funny? And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, that would. Let's put it in there. Because that's kind of the way when you're collaborating on a project like um, I do theater. So when you're working on a show and you're putting things together together. Sometimes, I mean, the director is the driving force behind the production and makes sure that everything stays cohesive and in the same world and is achieving the goal of what story you're Mm -hmm. trying to tell. But there are some times when actors or other people maybe come up with just really funny bits to put into a show and everybody sees it and you're just like yes spot on that's hilarious and you add it and then later on people are like oh my gosh where'd that come from and it was just someone came up with an idea during the production process so it probably was something like that yeah i was like i like learning about those things in movies like in um a knight's tale when they're having the the sword fight he's doing one of the the competitions and uh the i forget the name of the guy but his announcer guy you know he's over there and he does his huge like speech announcing him and everybody's just like silent and then roland he's like yeah and then everybody's like yeah and it's so funny i was watching the special features and that happened because they were actually in europe filming it and all the extras were people from the area that didn't speak english so they didn't know what was going on and they didn't know that they were supposed to cheer and so so when he finished doing his thing, they were all just like, we have no idea what he just said. They're just standing there. And what? so then the, Roland, the actor that plays Roland, he was like, yeah. And then everybody started cheering. He's like, oh, we're supposed to be cheering now. And uh, they thought it was so funny that they left it in there. So I, I love learning about stuff like that. I love it. It's so funny. So, yeah, there's the kid and the pig, which I was like, what? Why? But it's awesome. <laughs> um, another funny thing during this sequence that I thought was hilarious was um, the barber. <laughs> so just the irony of the line that the barber sings is because her head's up in some cloud. 
And as he's seeing this, <laughs> he is not looking at what he's doing. He's looking out the window at Bell, and he chops half this guy's handlebar mustache off. And so he's left with half a mustache. And it's like, uh, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I thought that was I really never funny. noticed that. I didn't even think about what he was and, saying. <laughs> oh, really? I thought it was so funny because it's like her head's up in some cloud and looking down on her for not paying attention to what's going on, but then he's not paying attention to yeah. what's going on either. And oh my goodness, so funny. So as we're going through this minute, um, she does, like she goes and she jumps on the back of this cart, right? Right. And that is just so reminiscent to me, again, of Back to the Future, where Marty, you know, he gets on the back of the of the car or the truck or whatever it is that's pulling him around on his skateboard. So she kind of pulls a, a Marty move on oh. here. And I'm pretty sure... That movie came out in the 80s, so this came out after that. So I wonder if, you know, they look to that as like, hey, it's a good way to to introduce the area without having to have our character Uh like walking around. Um, But you jump on the back of a cart. Right. I was going to say it's definitely much easier for her to get through the village and show more of the village without taking a long time. And so Smart move. the the cart driver, we don't know what he does. He's got a bunch of bundles. I'm guessing he's some kind of hauler or merchant or something. And he's got this like empty bird cage hanging from yes, the back. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Thing too. I was like, what does he do? Did you figure out? I didn't figure it out, but you have an idea of what you think he might do. I, I'm not sure what he would do, but as far as the bird cage goes, like it's it's interesting to me that we've had birds already a little bit, um, but then you have Belle and she's right by this birdcage and it's with her during most of this scene you know it's it's included in the shot and it's an empty birdcage so it doesn't have anything in it we're not sure really what it's for uh, and it doesn't look like a very secure birdcage right it's like swinging around well and the, and the bars are really far spaced apart so it's not that big so you can't fit a big bird in it oh. but the bars are so wide that a small bird could get out oh. but it's an empty cage it's an empty birdcage and Belle is kind of a free spirit she it's foreboding that later on she's going to be put in a cage which she'll be released from um so it's interesting to have to have that cage next to her. Interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. Good catch. Yeah. Got that symbolism for shadow. And then you've also got the the cart driver. And if you look at him, he's got this enormous unibrow. Um, but he kind of <laughs> looks like TJ Detweiler from Recess. And I'm not sure when that came out, but it was probably oh. around the same time. Because I remember watching that as a kid. So that was, you know, probably late 90s or something. Uh, but he looks a little bit like T.J. Detweiler. So I wonder if one of the animators went on to, to do that for Disney. Oh, interesting. Was I didn't realize Recess was originally Disney. I mean, I know. Was it not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know there's there's a Recess movie and it is Disney. But I guess when I was a kid, I don't remember it being Disney. Yeah, yeah I don't. Not. I, I assumed it was because, like you said, the, the movie that came out later was. But I don't know about the show. It probably was. Okay. So what else do you have, Janae? So, well, I mean, I know I talked about it in the last episode, but I just really love the rural architecture. I was looking at some photos um, of, like, French cottages, and uh, it's just amazing. Like, the whitewashed wall with the exposed mm-hmm. wood um pillars and stuff it's just beautiful in a rustic way and um like some of the 
exteriors of these buildings have like you can tell it's plastered but some of the plaster has like fallen away and you can see the exposed brick in some of them and the texture of like the stones and rocks that they use to build some of these structures and i just think good job disney i mean it's beautiful and uh, it's authentic and um, I just enjoyed watching these in more detail and being able to look at that background more closely. So, I mean, I know I already talked about that last time, but... Gotta love the detail. Just have to say, love it. Okay, do you have anything else before she gets into the bookstore? Because that's the next note that I have. Okay, yeah, I have I have a few. <laughs> okay. So, there are a few of the villagers that have always caught my attention, so I wanted to talk about them a little bit. So, you've got the butcher. I'm guessing that's what he is because he's got all the meat or the meat seller or whatever. Right. And he's handing over this, like, huge ham leg thing to the beautiful lady <laughs> that he's ogling, very obviously. Right. <laughs> and, you know, he... I forget what exactly the wording was, but, you know, he asked her how she was, and, and she says, you know, how's your wife? And she's kind of like laughing as she says it because I'm guessing she sees. Well, because then he turns around <laughs> he see, and <laughs> she sees his wife behind him with the the rolling pin, and that would really hurt. She she didn't smack him lightly. She like smacked him really hard with that. She hit him. So I always thought that was funny and painful, and it's yeah. like oh, I cringe every time I see it. It's like that's gonna leave a mark. Yeah. And then uh, the egg lady. Oh, she's so sad. I'm like, that poor lady. How many kids does she even have in her arms? Okay, so I tried to count. Because they're like crawling all over the place and she's like constantly moving. It's like so fast that I'm like, how many kids are you even holding? Yeah, it goes by quick. She's got, the oldest is the girl and then she's got a boy that's a little younger and then she has three babies, which either she had triplets, she had to have a triplets. One of them's a little bit smaller. (laughs) Um, So maybe that one came later, but they're all, they all are... Twins and another one? There's not that much age difference from them. So she has to have had triplets. So she's got five kids. She's trying to get six eggs, one for each of them, I'm guessing. But I could never really tell what she was saying. That happened a lot as a kid. Like I see these movies and I wouldn't know what they were saying. So I would interpret it my own way. And (laughs) so I always thought she was saying, I need success. (laughs) And then... The next thing that comes up is a different <laughs> scene, but somebody's saying that's too expensive. I always thought it was part of the same thing. When I was a kid, I always heard, I need six eggs. That's too expensive. And I didn't I didn't realize that it was a completely different person about like a completely different thing saying it was too expensive. I always thought he was telling this lady that six eggs was too expensive for her. And I was like, that's just yeah, depressing. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's what I thought as well, but I always thought, <laughs> How she, are they supposed to eat? I thought she said, I need success. And the guy was like, that's too expensive. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, the, if you, it cuts from the six eggs lady to this very stern looking upset couple that's trying to buy a jar from this awesome, right. like Western looking, extremely large mustachioed <laughs> guy and he's saying this pot's too expensive or this jar's too expensive yeah one thing that i think is really interesting about this sequence is all the villagers because i notice like the first two ladies that start off singing about bell um the older ladies um they're very characterized i mean they look real and they belong in the world but um they look like cartoons whereas like some of the other ones like the there's a lady with like short blonde curly hair who greets the cart driver mm-hmm. um she looks more like kind of 
real, not realistic, but it's just interesting how all these different characters still belong in the same world, but some of them look so much more realistic than others. If that makes sense, yeah.、Um, style or just style-wise, maybe is a little bit different, even though they belong. That's just one thought I had, whether it's true or not. I, I, I just think it's funny because, like, like we said earlier, kind of it, there's a bunch of like little jokes and gags going on as you're meeting all these villagers, and a lot of them are like, "Why is that in there?" Right, like. At a、uh, at second forty six, you see these two kids like in the background sitting in the alley, like just、right. watching a turtle. Right. <laughs> like I never noticed that before. They're just like they're entranced by this turtle, and he's just like turtles just chilling. It's not doing anything. They're just like sitting there watching it. <laughs> like wh- I mean, what are kids gonna do in seventeen hundred? Late seventeen hundreds France.、Hmm, yeah, I think they'd watch a turtle. Okay, the the turtle kids. I mean, they're not in school. They're not, you know, working. They're just watching a turtle. Maybe that is their school. They're studying、yeah. the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Unschooling.、Get、some、uh, herpetology. Is that herpetology? Uh, well, herpetology isn't that probably reptiles like herbs and vegetation. No, that's herpetology. I don't know what that's called actually, but I was thinking herpetology. Like, I don't I think, know. <laughs> let us know what herpetology means. <laughs> I think it's the study of reptiles. Okay, so to finish up this minute,、um, we have the bookseller,、yes. the bookshop, not a library, but、uh, a bookshop where you buy them. What do you What do you have? Okay, well.、Uh, Uh, okay, first of all, I still don't get why that sign. Well, okay, I do get why that sign is in English and not French. My theory is is that they wanted everybody to know that the sign said bookseller, and so they put it in English.、Yes. But they want you also to know that you're in France, so everything else is in French. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. I agree with that, but I have an alternate theory、Ooh. that maybe the bookseller is English. Oh. Hmm? Interesting. You can't really tell from the accents because most of them don't have accents. Yeah.、Uh, except for I think Lumiere has an accent, but maybe he's an English guy that's set up a shop in there and he's selling books. That and, is plausible. Got. I would. I could. Connections to London. Um. So first of all, she comes in and she says, "You got anything new?" And he says, "Not since yesterday." And that tells me that she literally read the book that she's returning overnight. Um, I think that's funny because I mean I don't know about you, but I totally used to do that all the time. I、uh, I used to do that <laughs> a lot. You still do that? No, I, I don't. Any, I don't have time for that anymore. But when I was younger, I would read a lot. Like I didn't, I didn't have a lot going on. We lived out in the country、uh, for part of the time, and so like we would go to the library on Thursdays, and I was homeschooled for for part of that time period as well. And so I would read a lot, and I started reading like. Like more adults and young adult themed stuff when I was still like like I don't know like ten or eleven. Yeah, I was like eleven. Yeah. And so I'd go in and I'd get like a stack of like thirty eight Louis L'Amour novels and I'd read like three、oh, a day. <laughs> and I, I used to read a lot and read all the Harry Potters in one day and all that stuff. Whoa!、So. You read it all in one day. The the last few, I well yeah I guess I've read like a book in a day. I haven't read all of the books. Well, I, I didn't read the whole series.、Right. I read like、oh, a、okay. book in a day. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. I don't think it is. I yeah. So like reading all night and Harry Potter. I remember reading book six, and when something happened, and someone died, I it was like one o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting in my room and I'm like crying and bawling my eyes out, <laughs> and my mom comes to the door. My mom's like, "Are you okay?" It's like one in the morning, and I'm crying in my room by myself. <laughs> so I have no idea what she thought was going on, but. I was like, 
Yeah, I'm just reading Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, gosh. Good times. Yes. Anyway. So that so, might explain a little bit why we like Belle so much as a character. Because <laughs> she stayed up reading all night just like we did. Yep. But it also so, kind of reinforces she doesn't have a job. Right. She can stay up all night because it doesn't matter if she's tired the next day from reading all night. Um, well, I guess she has 24 hours. She could have read it all during the day. But, yeah. And maybe he was closed by the time she was done with it. But I like to think she read through the night. Yeah. So that was one thing that I noticed. Also, I think it's interesting that she's borrowing books from a bookstore. Yes. Especially in a town where nobody thinks reading is important. How does this guy have a bookstore in a town where nobody thinks reading is important? I know. Well, and also... There's tons of books in there. Like in the um, going back to the new live action that came out this last month, she borrows books from like the local priest who has literally one small shelf of probably like 10 books. (laughs) And it's like a little mini library and she just borrows them from him. And he like is like yeah the only bookworm in town so it it makes a little bit more sense but in this one it's like a huge store with shelves of books and nobody else thinks reading is important and she's not even buying them she's borrowing them so that's a bit of an inconsistency for me that i don't really get okay i have a theory i just came up with it so this town just now yes just now wow Okay, let's hear so, it. So this town has to be fairly close to the castle where the beast lives. But before the beast lived there, you know, it was a normal castle. So obviously they would know about the town. The town would know about them. And there was a king and a whole court there, uh, presumably, what we saw from the stained glass. Right. And we know that whoever lives in the castle loves books. They have a huge library. Spoiler huge alert. Huge library. <laughs> um, Spoilers. So my theory is that the bookseller is an Englishman from London, and he found out that the king here in France loved reading and had a huge library. So he moved and started a book-selling shop here close to the the kingdom, to the the castle, and has a ton of books because he supplied the royal court with books. And for some reason, none of them remember, you know, what happened with the, the beast and the whole castle and they don't know it exists or something. I don't know what's going on with that. It's just a minor thing. Nobody knows or but that's, remembers. That's why he's here. He is a bookseller from London. He has a ton of books because he supplied the court with their reading and their books for all the noblemen and stuff. And the reason Belle is able to borrow books is because if you look, when she first goes into the shop, there's a doorbell on the door. And maybe that's something that happened back then, but it's kind of like a little invention, like, you know ghetto rigged type thing like like bell's dad does so my theory is that the bookseller and her dad are friends because they're both intellectuals they both like trying new things and learning new things and so they're friends her dad made the bell for the bookkeeper and because they're friends and because he helps out the bookseller um bell gets to borrow books for free clever that's a very detailed theory that you just came up with. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I mean, I wondered about that bell too, and I thought, oh, that. I wonder if that's too modern. But I did some research about, this is like going to seem unrelated for a second, but the barber's pole. Uh-huh. Earlier in the scene, when you're going past the barber shop, yep. there's a barber's pole. And I was like, oh, that's got, that looks way too modern. How they wouldn't have had that. But actually, 
Um, they started using the barber's pole during the Middle Ages, like starting from the 5th to 15th centuries. Yeah, they are like nasty They're graphic like, things. Yes. Um, which we won't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure. I wonder if that would have been. But I like your theory a lot. It's a good one. I just came up with it, but I think it works. Yeah, I do think it works. So what else do you think? Okay, so the only other things that I had to, to comment on was just kind of reemphasizing how much of an intellectual this guy is that sells the books. You know, he's not just about books. If you look around the right. shelves and stuff, he's got a globe. He's got like a, uh, I forget what they're called, but like the little chemistry glass mixing bowl with the glass mixing thing. He's got what looks oh. like a like a gyroscope, like gyrosphere thing on the shelf. Mm-hmm. There's a locked chest that I want to know what's inside it. Um <laughs> What else? He's got like a bunch of little things like all around the place. Right. Knickknacks and things. Yeah. So that kind of reinforces that, you know, he's into learning and he's probably friends with the only other guy probably. in town that has some court, some type of, you know, free thought. And uh... right. Right. So, yeah. Well, he's probably read all of those books in his shop, which also coming back to Belle. I mean, don't they reference that she's read like everything in there? So she's starting to reread things. That sounds familiar, but I don't remember hearing it this time around. Because, I mean, I know that in this one he says that... Or is it in this? Oh, no, it's in the next minute. Dun-dun-dun. I mean, she's starting to reread books. So he must have been around for a long time. She she must have been in the town for a while. Yeah. Enough time for her to have read all those books. I'm guessing she kind of like grew up with him as a family. Depending on when they moved yes, to the town. I guess that's true because she still considers it a poor provincial town. And if she had lived there a long time, she probably wouldn't. Although maybe she just considers it a poor provincial town because of their small-mindedness. Mm. Not necessarily so much in the fact that... Because she doesn't seem like snobby about it right? to me. She doesn't seem like she thinks she's better than them. It's just um, she is a free spirit. She is a free thinker. She is a reader. And they all are closed off to any of that. And I think that's kind of maybe more what she's referring to when she talks about poor provincial town is that they're suffocating her ability to grow and to progress and to learn the way that she wants yeah does that make sense yeah i, I go back to to little mermaid where she says i want more <laughs> but not not in that yeah. voice <laughs> <laughs> yes that was lovely though yeah so that have been in that voice <laughs> that's all I have for this minute. <laughs> you got anything else? Yeah, I think that's all I have for this minute. Do you have anything else to go over? That's all I've got. So, thanks for sticking with us this minute. It's been a little longer than normal, but uh, I think we had some fun. If you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, make sure to head over to our Facebook page. You can find it on Facebook at Beastly Minute. We're also on Twitter. Janae, how can people get a hold of you if they want to send you a message? You can find me on Facebook at JH Voiceover. And I'd be happy to get back to you. You can comment on the page or send me a message either way. And I mean, I'd love to know what you think about any of the audio that I've put out there. Um, There are going to be links on that Facebook page to YouTube videos with the audios that I've done. 
So check it out. And as for myself, you can find me on growlermedia.com or just check out our, our social media again because uh, I hang out there a lot. And until tomorrow, we're coming towards the end of the first week of Beauty and the Beastly Minute. Hope you guys have had a great week with us and we're excited that you guys are, are sharing it. Uh, we will see you tomorrow, which will be Friday. Until then, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Our theme music is by Duo Hansen. Thing is really different on a growler.